Welcome to Outside Source Football. This is a show about what's going on inside the NFL. Your hosts, Evan Mick and Ty Ruddy, bring the latest predictions and updates from the league. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to 1017 Radio Free Hillsdale. This is Outside Source Football. My name is Evan Mick and I am joined here by Ty Ruddy. In our first segment today, we'll be listing our top five QBs and top ten edge rushers for the 2023 NFL Draft. You don't want to miss it. We're going to jump right in with edge rushers. So Ty's going to go first here with number 10. At number 10, I have Zach Harrison from Ohio State. Uh, he's got pretty good size, 6'6", 270, and by pretty good size, I mean he's massive. Good strength, good explosiveness, and I think he was uh, a pretty good four-year starter, and he was productive for the Buckeyes, and so I think he's got a career ahead of him. At my number 10, I have Andre Carter out of Army. He's listed at 6'5", 260. He's just such an athlete, but he's so hard to rank. That's because he plays for Army. He plays in such a unique division, and it's just it's hard to rank how that athleticism will truly line up against NFL-level athletes. Um, I don't really know what to do with him because I can't tell if he's getting this sack because he's playing great or it's because he's playing against horrible talent. He's a solid player, solid athlete. I just don't know if the football itself will transition to the NFL. At number nine, I have B.J. Ojulari. I hope I said his name correctly. He's from LSU. It's better than I could have said it. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's from LSU. A lot of scouting reports say he's got incredible size and explosiveness. He had 58 tackles and five and a half sacks this season. He's had two really productive years. He's been able to show himself. You know, he's been able to perform in the SEC, which I think is some sort of marker for. Yeah, LSU, great, great school. At my number nine, I have Mike Morris out of Michigan. So he's listed at 6'6", 290. He's got solid size. I think he's a little bit slow, but it's not like, holy cow, why is he out there? He's so slow, type of slow. Uh, I like him as a run stopper. I think he's a guy that you probably sub off on third downs against more athletic QBs. And I don't think he's a liability on a play action or first down passes, but he's not maybe the best type of player you want in those situations. In certain scenarios, maybe on third down and long, you can move him from D-end to D-tackle if you don't have a pass rushing D-tackle. But first and second down guy, run stopper, goal line type guy, just a big physical meaty type guy out of Michigan. Number eight, Derek Hall from... Auburn he was actually he played more linebacker in college which makes sense he had 60 tackles and six and a half sacks uh the year before that was same kind of thing he's been very productive for two years now he's 6'3 250 so he's got some decent size he has the size of a quick d end not sort of like Zach Harrison 6'6 270 but I think he'll be a good athlete uh and I have ranked at number eight that's fair. Uh, at my number eight, I have Tuli Tipulula, Tipu, Tipulatula, Tipulatu. I don't know. Out of USC, he's listed at 6'4", 290. If he's really 290, which I don't think he looks 290, he's so fast for being his size. There's only one other guy above that I could see moving inside and not being a li- liability because of his size, like at D-tackle. So this guy could play D-end or D-tackle. Although I don't love him as a run stopper, he's a better pass rusher. 
because of his speed, even though he's has that size per se, because he has some weird pass rush moves. I mean, I like him a lot, but I don't like his jump moves. I think it won't worst against NFL tackles. He does this thing where he runs up to the tackle and he'll try to jump to get across him, but it just won't work in the next level because the NFL tackles will be good enough to get their hands on him. And really at that point, it'll be a pin block and he'll be completely blown out of the play. I think that he could do great with some great coaching. If he learns some new pass rush moves, he could be a very, very talented defensive end with his speed, even because he's so big. At my number seven, I have Nolan Smith out of Georgia. He's the same kind of size as like a Derek Hall. Um, and I think he'll be the same kind of player. I wasn't sure. Did you, do you have Nolan Smith on your top 10? I have Nolan Smith, but I have him at number 13. So I heard that he run a crazy 40. Okay. But I'm not super into the combine stats because 40-yard dashes, you're not running a 40-yard dash in the game. Maybe it is important, and it's something you always want to be working on. But a 40-yard dash isn't something that you're just going up and running every day. I think that he's fast, but he's nothing super special under that. And I think that he's super small. I have him listed as mostly just a third down guy playing 11 tech super wide because I don't think he's a three down back. I think he's kind of like N'Kobe Dean was last year where everybody saw him as this phenomenal athlete and he looked amazing, but NFL scouts kind of realize he doesn't have the size to be at the next level, at least not yet. Maybe put on a couple pounds, put on some strength, and then he'll be great. But as of right now at the size he's at, I don't really see him. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to agree with you that I think he's more of an athlete guy than some guy who can rely on like brute force and his his size I was confused wondering if he had like an injury or something this year because he had a way more productive year last year I mean he had almost three times he had more than three times as many tackles same number of sacks like like all this stuff and so I don't really know if he had an injury I didn't watch that much of Georgia okay but I don't think that he did because he played so many games, he still had a couple sacks. You know? Yeah, now that makes sense. So, yeah, he's my number eight, Nolan Smith from Georgia. Wait, seven? Number seven? Oh, seven, yeah, sorry. My number seven is Felix Andahuke <laughs> Uzama. I just like these guys because they have fun names. He's listed at 6'4", 255. He's big, he's smart, and he's got lateral speed. There's not much to, like, super flashy about him. But I see him as a perfectly balanced three-down guy, a great guy to pair if you already have a superstar because he's not really a guy you want to take one-on-one because he can win those one-on-ones. But if he gets double-teamed, like he's not a number one defensive end, that he'll get double-teamed and then he'll split or he'll still make an effect anyways. I said that he's also willing – I saw that he's also willing to make a chase-down tackle. He's a big effort guy. He literally will chase all the way across the line. He'll chase a receiver 10 yards down the field, and it's a huge effort thing. And I just I love it. I love watching him. He was a great player for Kansas State. At my number six, I have Isaiah Foskey. I think he's from Notre Dame. Let me check one second. He is from Notre Dame. I also have Isaiah Foskey. I have him at number six, 11 sacks this past year, which I thought was pretty impressive. Uh, A couple forced fumbles. He had a few turnovers, created turnovers. Uh, I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I just I had him at number six. I don't exactly have his metric size and speed, but uh, he's listed at six five okay. two sixty five. Yeah, so he's got a nice size too. So uh, my number six, I have Will McDonald out of Iowa State. He's listed at six four two thirty five. 
he does a great job winning hand fights with pass blocking alignment. So he's already NFL ready in that area. He has amazing flashes of phenomenal bend. He gets too deep in his pass rush often, which will open up holes for more athletic NFL quarterbacks like Josh Allen or even like a Patrick Mahomes, just the more mobile guys will be able to see that hole that he's getting too deep and go right up and follow the hole that he's opening up. But he's just extremely fast. He's decent in the run game. And when you have flashes of that kind of bend, it's just a guy that you can't you can't hate on him for getting too deep when he's trying to bend around the edge. He could develop another one or two pass moves, which is something a lot of NFL players do very quickly. He's um, great chasing down outside zone plays. There's huge holes in certain teams in covering outside zones. He does an amazing job just covering those. Even though they look like they can break three, he just he tackles them for no gain. So I think that he has the potential to be a number one defensive end, maybe one of the weaker number ones, but still a number one or an amazing number two. And that's why number six is Will McDonald out of Iowa State. So I actually feel kind of the same way about Felix and Dukie Ozama, however you say it. <laughs> yeah, the guy out of Kansas State. <laughs> yeah, the Kansas State one. So originally I had him listed a little bit lower. I had him below Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame. But upon inquiring further, I mean, they're the same size. And let's see here. What's his name? Ozoma. is He's been super productive these past two years. He had eight and a half this year, 11 last year. I just think he is someone who is maybe flying a little bit under the radar on the defensive side. He would be a good, like, number one, maybe number two, like you said about McDonald. At my number five, I have B.J. Ojulariye. I really like this kid. I think he could be a stud. He's one of my favorite players to watch. He's not a liability in run stopping, but he definitely makes his money pass rushing. I love his size. He's at, listed at 6'3", 250. I think his size, speed, especially laterally, could help him turn into a premier pass rusher at the next level. Probably my defensive end steal of the draft because I saw a lot of things ranking him at number like 9 or 10. And then I, I had to look up 5 or 6 more because I was like, why is this guy so low? And eventually I found one where he was ranked 3 or 4, and I was like, yes, this is more what I'm looking for. I'm not crazy. I'm not just missing something. So I think that he is a very, very talented guy, and I would love to see what he does at the next level. Did you have Andre Carter? Yeah, number four. So you, who Yeah, was, Andre Carter was my number 10. You're number 10. Okay, I have, I have him at number four for a few reasons that are more intangible than anything. The first point I'm going to make is the exact opposite of intangible, but he is 6'7", 260. Did you say he you say he was listed at 290? I have him at 6'5", 260. Okay. ESPN has him at 6'7", 260. Uh, but either way, he's got really nice size. Yeah, he's he's huge and he's fast. Yeah. It's, my struggle was that he plays for Army. And yeah. It just, it's just so hard to rank him, so I had him at number 10. Okay. Yeah, no, that's actually understandable. But I'm going to take the same point and then use it as a reason to put him so high. So I like guys out of Army. Because I think they have some intangibles that are just like, like these other guys don't have. They're tough and they they just know how to battle. You know, the character quality is definitely there when yeah. you're going for kids from army. Yeah, and so that's why I ranked him so high. It's kind of a you know fluffy reason, but that that was my thinking. 
Okay, my number four is Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame. He's listed at 6'5", 265. He's a really, really good tackler. He has good straight line speed. He does struggle a little bit laterally. He's not a liability in the run game, but he's also not a star in the run game. He, once again, makes his money pass rushing. He's really good at attacking the ball in order to generate fumbles. Like you said, uh, he has a lot of forced fumbles. I watched his film. Almost every single play, he's trying to punch that ball out. But he makes sure he secures the tackle first. Like, there's a huge difference between guys who are risking things to punch the ball out. He's securing the tackle, and while he's bringing the guy to the guy to the ground he's trying to create this big play by punching the ball out and it's an amazing thing that you don't see very often and it's something very unique so i have something before we move to number three Uh, i think that these top three guys and i think you will agree are in a different tier than all these other guys i agree yes there's a huge jump off from number four to number three i had a very hard time coming up with like seven others that i think would be worth talking about but the top three easy yeah and number three i have miles murphy is that who you have I also have Miles Murphy. I think we have the same top three. Okay. And number three, I have Miles Murphy, consistent for three years. I think he's got most impressive combination of size and speed of anyone that we've listed so far. 6'5", 275. Three very productive years and three very consistent years. I mean, four sacks, seven sacks, six and a half sacks, 38 tackles, 37 tackles, 40 tackles. I think he's just got incredible size, and I think that's going to carry over very well for him in the NFL. So my number three is also Miles Murphy out of Clemson. I think that he is the most pro-ready out of all of these defensive ends. I wouldn't blame you if you had him at number two for that reason. I believe he's not quite the athlete of the guy that I have at number two is, but he's the smarter player. He does a better job chasing down ball carriers. He's also not as strong as number two. I think he's just a little bit faster, although they're about the same size. So that's my comparison between the two, but I just have him at number three. I think he's smarter, but I think number two's strength outweighs the slight bit of speed that number three has in number two. My number two is Tyree Wilson, 6'6", 275. Again, very impressive size. Almost almost identical yeah, size. Almo- yeah, almost identical. Again, very consistent, great size, uh, and I agree with you. I think he is just a freak athlete for how big he is, and so obviously that's going to transfer all right number two tyree wilson out of texas tech six five or six six two seventy five he's big but he seems to only have one move and that is the bull rush but that's a very common problem for college edge rushers is only having one move and it's something that is generated in the nfl by nfl coaches pretty easily something that's easily fixable it's a problem thibodeau had last year he the but he had the opposite problem he was big and strong, but he in college he only ever used his speed, almost seemingly. But once you get into the NFL, the coaching changes, and it's usually not a problem. I really like him as a three-down guy. And we have the same number one, I'm guessing. It's Will Anderson out of Bama. Probably the best athlete out of any of these guys. I don't know if he's run in the draft yet, and I know we've already talked about how that doesn't quite matter, but I think he's super athletic. This is a guy who's been making his case for number one overall since like his sophomore season. That season he had 17 and a half sacks, which is absurd. This past season he had 10 sacks. I just think he's an incredible athlete, uh, and I think the gap between four and three is huge, and I actually think the gap between two and one is not as big, but it's Will Anderson for sure, number one. 
if you've been listening to the last couple of weeks, you're thinking that I've been slandering Will Anderson, but I still do believe that he's worth a top five pick, by far the most complete defensive end in the draft. We're going to really quickly move on to our top five quarterbacks. You're listening to 1017 Radio Free Hillsdale, outside source football. My number five is Will Levis. He's mobile, but not a scrambler. Quit the Zach Wilson comparisons. He's bigger. He played against better talent, and he didn't panic when he played against a top 25 team. Wilson had one touchdown to seven interception against top 25 teams. Levis had six touchdowns to four interceptions in three more games. He's not this superstar top 10 pick, but he's got the potential. I say a late mid-first rounder like a 2024 pick. I also will say that Kentucky was a running team, which is where he played. Now, he is a project. He's got a lot of downsides. He's not ready to play day one. He also has not great balance. He'll make a good read and then make a bad throw. All common mistakes, but he makes them a lot. At number five, I have Anthony Richardson. He's an athlete. He has very impressive rushing stats. He's been compared to both Cam Newton and Dak Prescott, which I don't know. Dak Prescott, that's really random. Yeah, I I saw those comparisons. I've seen a lot of comparisons, though. I do agree. Yeah, okay. And I watched I watched a little bit of his film. He relies on his legs. That is for sure. I put him at number five because I do think his stats are impressive. I just haven't seen a whole lot of them, so I don't know. At my number four, I have Hendon Hooker out of Texas. He's listed at 6'4", 220. He's got some great receivers, which allows him to throw deep a lot. So he does. So you can't be mad at him for throwing deep, but this deep ball will not be open like it is now at the next level. He's mobile, but not a runner. He's mobile enough to run if he needs to. He's more accurate and more consistent than number five and number three. He makes decent reads. He'll stare a guy down here and there, but everybody in college and at least at some point in the NFL, like people do that. That's normal. He doesn't have crazy arm talent. I mean, he's not weak, but it's not like a specialty. His strong suit is just smart football, nothing more, nothing less. I think that he's more of a day one starter than number five or number three. He's my other day one starter, but he's not a superstar starter. Number four, I also have Hendon Hooker. Uh, Experience, athletic, 3,100 yards, 27 passing touchdowns. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Got a nice deep ball. Uh, For those reasons, he's my number four. At my number three, I have Anthony Richardson out of Florida. He's listed at 6'4", 230. He can be special. This kid has a cannon of an arm. He's one of the best athlete quarterback. He's by far out of at least these top guys, the best athletic quarterback. He misses throws a lot. He needs great coaching in order to succeed. I'd compare him most to Jalen Hurts, where he runs to set up throws. If the Giants get him and Dable ends up with another Josh Allen-esque type quarterback, he'll be a top 7-8 quarterback in the league. But in other systems, with not as great coaching, I do fear for his succeeding. Number three, I actually have Will Levis. I like him a lot. I have him at 6'3", 230. Again, experienced. He played four years, four very productive years. He's got a nice pocket presence. When you watch his film, there's kind of like, he just looks calm back there. I don't think he has crazy arm talent, but I think he definitely makes up for it with his intelligence. I've seen him compared to Joe Burrow in that regard. And he has confidence in the pocket when you watch him. Also, he can use his legs, which he's a semi-dual threat. He's obviously not an Anthony Richardson type guy, but he can definitely get out of the pocket when he needs to. I love night number two. His name is Bryce Young, but his size just scares me. He's quick, but he's not Kyler Murray quick, who is the other guy who, at his size, he's been compared to. 
but he doesn't have those Kyler Murray juking out traits. The more and more I watch of him, the more scared I am for the team that drafts him. The NFL combine will be very important in terms of his size and weight. Weight is not that hard to put on, but it's not easy for a guy who's already joining the NFL. I don't think he will, but if he somehow goes out top, outside the top five because of his height and weight, he will be the steal of the draft. If he goes to the Lions, he's the steal of the draft because if he can sit behind a guy like Goff and put on some weight, he's not going to get taller, but put on 20 pounds, and it's a different story. He sits behind Goff whole year and then gets to start after Goff is gone, and he's a superstar. Two, I have uh, C.J. Stroud. Good size, very impressive arm talent, which I never really noticed until rewatching some of his highlights. He can throw a deep ball, which I was pretty impressed by. Two Heisman bids in a row. I've mentioned before that I don't think he's quite Bryce Young, but I don't think he's far off, and so he's my number two. My number one, I have C.J. Stroud. He's not a scrambler, but he's a mobile quarterback. He may have the best weapons in college football, but he is constantly making NFL-level throws, and I think that that's just something that you don't see in any of these other prospects. These tight window throws are phenomenal. And obviously at number one, I have Bryce Young for the same reasons he did. He's athletic. He's smart. Obviously his size is going to be an issue, but like Evan said, you can put on some weight. He's not going to grow, but you can put on some weight, and especially if he does – if he becomes the steal of the draft and gets to sit behind someone like a Jared Goff, will improve rapidly, and I think he can make a splash. Thank you for listening to 1017 Radio Free Hillsdale. That's all we have for this first segment. We'll see you back here in a minute. Welcome to Outside Source Football. This is a show about what's going on inside the NFL. Your hosts, Evan Mick and Ty Ruddy, bring the latest predictions and updates from the league. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Outside Source Football on 101.7 Radio Free Hillsdale. Right now, we will be ranking the top 15 quarterbacks for the 2023 NFL season, not including rookies. So I have two honorable mentions. They are Trey Lance and Justin Fields. So Trey Lance is a hard guy to rank, but I have faith in the guy to succeed. He only played one and a half games, and one of those was in a hurricane. But in the half game he played not in a hurricane, he looked really good. I have faith. I think he'll be – he had accuracy issues at one point, but a lot of guys do, like Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, and I think that most quarterbacks are able to improve on that and have success. Justin Fields may be the best runner out of any quarterback in football. My fear isn't that Justin Fields is inaccurate like Trey Lance. My fear is that his throwing mechanics are so bad that he may never become accurate. Or he may never get the ball out fast enough. Or he may never get the ball out strong enough. Accuracy is something that can be worked on. Mechanics are too, but it's a lot harder to improve mechanics once you get into the NFL. He needs a great quarterback coach to fix fix his mechanics issues in order to succeed at number 15 it's a hot take but i have daniel jones i have liked him for a long time i did not think that the giants were dumb for drafting him and i have been on team daniel jones for a very long time he doesn't have like 
super impressive stats, but there's just something about the way he plays that's super impressive. And people do not realize how good of a runner he is. Like, seven touchdowns this year is quite impressive. He's got a bit of a turnover problem. When he, He'll get re-signed, and I think if he gets more weapons around him, he'll be more dangerous than people think. At my number 15, I have Kirk Cousins. I think his stats are highly inflated because he has a great running game behind him. He may not have the best O-line, but it has good pieces, including left tackle, which is what you need as a passer. He has the best receiver in the game. And in the Colts game, where they made that comeback, Jefferson went out for maybe four or five plays, and Kirk Cousins threw interceptions on two of those plays. And I just think that he has been so overrated because people don't see how much Justin Jefferson is helping him. But he's still number 14, or number 15, I'm sorry. I definitely agree with you that he is not like a necessarily primetime QB. And that is why at number 14, I have 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins. Because uh, he he's impressive. He's very impressive in those afternoon games. But there's just something about performing on his own. If he didn't have those weapons around him, he obviously would not be the Kirk Cousins we know. But I do think that he merits at least a top 15 ranking. Yeah, my number 14. I don't know why you think this is a hot take. I actually think this is where most people would rank him in that 12 to 14 area. I also have Daniel Jones. So uh, he asked for a $40 million contract from the reports. What the reports have said, he asked for a $40 million contract. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's just... That's way too much money. He is not worth $40 million a year. Brian Dable is the same guy who took Josh Allen to the next level. Daniel Jones is not that level of Josh Allen, but with the system he is in, he's been a good quarterback, especially if he stays. But if he leaves, I don't think that he'll keep up this high ranking, and I think that he will may just fall off the boards unless he goes to another great team. 13, I have Aaron Rodgers. Future is cool. Do you have him up there? Whoa! Do you have him in the top fifteen? You keep going, but we're gonna we're gonna fight about that one later. Okay. I don't know if I have much of defense, but yeah, not a great year, right? But like, it's still it's still Aaron Rodgers. Do you have him higher? I have him way higher. Four or thirteen? He's fallen off so much. His future is super uncertain. I thought we were talking about twenty twenty three. We are, but oh my gosh, thirteen is low. Well, I've met thirteen. I think with an uncertain future, you just don't really know. I think he's fallen off in the past couple of years, and I don't think there's any way he can keep up what he's been doing. My number 13, I have Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is one of those quarterbacks who just has a horrific throw and then immediately after throws a no-look pass. <laughs> he did it before Mahomes. He did. He has more highs than lows, though. He does his best throwing to a top receiver. Uh, we saw that with Cup. We saw that with Calvin Johnson. And we even saw how Stafford was able to make Kenny Galladay look like a top 15 or top 10 receiver. Stafford can make someone, but he's not great at hitting those second option throws, which are not either jump ball receivers like Johnson or Galladay, or wide open receivers like Cup, which anybody can throw to. The only in-between type receiver he's been pretty good at is OBJ, but he also normally finds his way open. And really, if you throw the ball up to him, he is kind of a jump ball receiver because of his athleticism. That's why Matthew Stafford is at number 13, because he has some of that talent, but he also says some of that downside. More talent, though. 
Number 12, I have Justin Fields. He is the best runner in the game right now, best running quarterback in the game right now. And I think that's the way the the field is shifting. And so I think that is going to help him a ton in the upcoming years. He had sort of a coming out year this year. Like this is the first year that we've really seen, okay, this is this is the Justin Fields that we kind of thought college Justin Fields might be able to be. Uh, like I said, obviously a very impressive runner. Uh, I think he had something like eight or nine, maybe close to 10 rushing touchdowns with an impressive number of passing touchdowns. I think he's an incredible dual threat. Yeah, and as far as efficiency goes, he was by far the most efficient runner in football. He may not have had the the highest. I think he did have the most rushing stats out of any quarterback, but rushing yards over expected is a stat now. And it's not a perfect stat, but when you're like plus 50 on that stat, it's absolutely insane. So my number 12, I have Tua Tungvaloa. I think he is one of the best coaches in the NFL. I think he's highly overrated. I think he's strong to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. I think he just has so much going for him that he looks better than he is. He's a good game manager, but he is a rhythm-based quarterback. If you disrupt the timing of his receivers, he'll miss the throw. He doesn't find open windows. He hits the ones he knows will be there, which works until his receivers get pressed a little or until offense or defensive linemen are jumping in that hole. He just doesn't adjust to things well. The Chargers were able to stop him because they pressed Tyreek and Waddle, and they were able to be physical with them when they were on the field. They made him throw a half second later, and he just couldn't do it. His footwork was messed up, and his timing was thrown off, and he made inaccurate throws. So at number 11, I have Dak Prescott, which might be kind of surprising. I don't even have him inside my top yeah, 15. Yeah, okay, I figured. People dog him, but I I think he's a lot better than people give him credit for. Yeah, interceptions, turnovers are an issue, and yes, he cannot perform in the playoffs. But I think as a QB, he is obviously the best the Cowboys have, and I don't know. I just, I just, I'm just really on Dak's side. You know, I think he's been consistent, and he'll keep performing until the Cowboys no longer have a use for him. And so that's the that's the reason I at least have him in my top fifteen at number eleven. My number eleven, I have Derek Carr. Wow, Derek Carr's <laughs> coach last year. Hold up, Derek Carr's coach last year, Josh McDaniels, has already been fired from one NFL team as a head coach, the Denver Broncos. There, he coached two quarterbacks Uh, his first year he coached Kyle Orton for 12 interceptions and 21 touchdowns which isn't good I mean it's not absolutely horrible but it's it's not good then he had Tim Tebow who was a stud supposed to be a phenomenal NFL quarterback five touchdowns three interceptions which led him to go back to Kyle Orton who had 20 touchdowns and nine interceptions it's just all this to say Josh McDaniels is a good run game coordinator, but a horrible passing game coordinator. Derek Carr was no benefit to Josh Allen, Josh McDaniels, sorry, Josh McDaniels coaching styles. Pre-Josh McDaniels, Carr looked amazing, even with everything going on in his organization, which was just horrible. I have faith that Carr will turn it around wherever he goes. I think he will fit most systems, just not the one McDaniels is running because I don't think anybody fits that system. Where do you think he will go? I hope he goes to the Jets because I think he'll be so good on the Jets. I also really like Derek Carr as a person. Yeah, he no, he's an awesome Great person. person. He's sweet, very cool. He was the one who played with he played with Devonte Adams in college. He did right? play with Devonte Adams. I think 
at uh, I don't Fresno remember State. Where, but him and Devonte played together. Yes. Yeah. All right, number ten. Okay, number ten. I have Tua. Obviously, you know, size uh, is an issue for him. I was skeptical before the season, uh, size, and also I meant to throw in, uh, <laughs> you know, concussions are an issue for Tua because his brain might be mush at this point. I was skeptical before the season about the Tyree acquisition, but it obviously helped them. I mean, Tyree kind of went off this year, which obviously improved Tua's game. And Tua, he can hit tons of throws. I, I mean, I, I think he's got very good arm talent still. Obviously, the, the head injury is going to be a little bit of an issue, but I still have him ranked at number 10. So at my number 10, I have Geno Smith. Geno Smith didn't write back. Quote of the year. He had some great plays even in the playoffs. He looked okay against what was a scary defense. He obviously won comeback player of the year. He has good weapons, good coaching, but he was still able to make plays out of structure. He wasn't perfect, but for the first time in his career, he was good. Okay, Lamar, number nine for me. I was sort of surprised. Did he have an injury towards the end of the season? He might have. He missed a lot of games. Okay, okay, that, that makes sense because – 17 passing touchdowns, seven interceptions, only three rushing touchdowns. Sort of uncharacteristic for Lamar. He missed a lot of lot of time. Yeah, so that makes way more sense. But as we've talked about in the past, he's still, you know, I think he's still worth keeping for the Ravens. Even if he's not, he's worth it for someone. He's my number nine. At my number nine, I have Kyler Murray. In my opinion, third best athlete out of all the top quarterbacks. He pretty much looked good with bad coaching. I'm afraid that he didn't get much of an upgrade with the Eagles' new defensive coordinator, but he still looks pretty good, scary outside of the pocket. Hopefully he's able to recover from his injuries and have a great 2023 season. So Geno Smith went, he's not on rate, went over 4,000 yards, I think, for the first time in his career. Like you said, this past season he was actually good for the first time in his career. 30 passing touchdowns, which if you would have told someone in 2016, hey, Geno Smith is going to be up for, he was up for MVP, was he not? I think he he technically he made was a, a not, bid in air quotes. Yeah, he, but. he had it like a top five vote by somebody, but he yeah. wasn't technically like a top. He may be top ten candidate. Either way, tell someone in 2016 that Geno Smith, who hadn't played at for three years at that time or whatever, was going to make at least some sort of bid in 2023 for the MVP spot. I think that's very impressive. He's making a little bit of a comeback. I hope he stays at the Seahawks, and I hope he keeps on this trend. Uh, because I actually really, really like him. At my number eight, I have probably what is a really hot take, but I have Jalen Hurts. I think he led an amazing offense, but I will say I believe he's in a top three situation in football, probably the fourth fourth best runner out of the top quarterbacks, but he's just, like, the throws to A.J. Brown that he makes aren't always great throws, but A.J. Brown makes the catches. It's a huge difference in talent level. I think that he's just ended up in such a perfect situation for him but also that his team is performing well for him, even when he makes bad plays. At number seven, I have Jared Goff. You disagree? He's also not on my list. Oh, man. Well, I think the Lions are on the come up, and I think he is part of that. He had 27 touchdowns this past year with seven interceptions, which 29 touchdowns with seven interceptions, which I think is pretty impressive. Who do the Lions have at receiver? I couldn't really... Jamison Williams, DJ Chark, um, Amon Ross St. Brown, and oh, off the top of my head, is Khalif Raymond is gone. Josh Reynolds. 
Josh Reynolds is four. I think there's a fifth one there, but I can't remember who the fifth person is. Okay. And so he's got a nice receiver room, but yeah. it's not like phenomenal run game, phenomenal offensive line. Okay. But still, you know, I think I think the Lions are on the come up and I think golf is a part of that. So I have him at number seven. My number seven, I have Trevor Lawrence, the second year guy, turned it on. He looked great under Doug Peterson. He was the first overall pick for a reason. Great arm talent. Great accuracy. He's a franchise quarterback for years to come, and I hope that he improves more, which he could do in the 2023 season. At number six, I have Trevor Lawrence. Like you said, he is going to be a franchise QB. I was very uncertain after his first year, but he went off this year. Crazy arm talent. I think he's one of the smartest young quarterbacks in the league. He's a super cool person, which is you know pretty cool to have in a in a uh, top tier athlete. Some sick hair. Yeah, and some sweet hair. So we'll we'll cap it off with that as reasons he's my number six. My number six, I have Lamar Jackson. He's the best runner out of any of the top quarterbacks, so excluding Justin Fields, it's probably pretty close between the two of them. I did not used to be a Lamar Jackson fan, but this year he looked like a better thrower. While he was healthy, he looked like an MVP candidate just Two years ago, he also was, or just, what was it, 2019, he also won the MVP. Don't forget about that. His offense without him looked abysmal. The Ravens' offense without him looked abysmal. And it was easy to tell, even when he was there, that he was the only thing they had going on offense. Everyone knows about their lack of receivers, and for a while they were missing their number one and number two running back. Mark Andrews is great, but him alone is not enough with the other problems they had. Yet the Ravens moved the ball in the early season when Lamar was healthy because Lamar Jackson is that talented, and it doesn't matter what you have around him. So I haven't heard you mention my number five yet, and at this point I doubt you will, so this might be kind of a hot take. I have Justin Herbert. No, I will mention him. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I have Justin Herbert. I absolutely love him. He's a physical specimen, which people do not realize. But, I mean, yeah, just... 4,700 yards. He's a deep ball QB, which is coming out of college. You don't expect many guys who were deep ball QBs in college to be that in the NFL. He is. He got labeled as a social media quarterback. I very much disagree with that, actually, because he was one of those guys for the first two years of his career who, like, hated the media and, like, shaved his hair and would, like, come to games secretly and stuff. So I don't know how he got labeled as a social media quarterback, maybe just because of what he does on the field but that's all the more proof for him to be ranked as high. My number five, I have Aaron Rodgers. He didn't look as good as he had, but he was playing with a bunch of rookies. He lost his best receiver. They were not running great routes in Green Bay, and he was just a back-to-back MVP in 2020 and 2021. Don't forget that. Like That is extremely, extremely impressive. It does not happen very often. With offseason under these new receivers and their first offseason in the NFL I think will be back to MVP form or at least somewhat close to it and he's at my number five number four I have someone who I think is going to be Justin Herbert's rival for years to come I have Joe Burrow obviously you know incredible stats and stuff but I think he's got the intangibles of you know a top tier quarterback he's got an impressive receiver room I think with Jamar Chase and Who's the other guy? Higgins? Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler yeah. Boyd. Yeah, yeah. And so I think I think those guys obviously help him out, but I think as a quarterback alone, he is top four. My number four, I have Justin Herbert. I think that he is maybe the most dangerous quarterback in the league. He's my favorite quarterback to watch by far. I love watching Justin Herbert. 
This is how much help Justin Herbert had this year. An injured Mike Williams, who's a good jump ball receiver, but not much other than that. Mm-hmm. I was a huge Keenan Allen fan, but after his hamstring injury, he was slow, and he was not explosive. And that is all a route runner has, and so he looked horrible. Gerald Everett was his best receiver in probably 80% of his games, which is horrible because Gerald Everett's, I mean, an okay tight end, maybe an okay third option, but Gerald Everett is not a number one. Um, I like Austin Eckler, but he's not a three-down back. He only played about 60% of the snaps, and you got to think that even some of those, he's not running routes. He's pass blocking. His left tackle was hurt for the majority of the season. On top of all that, Herbert was playing through a fractured rib cartilage and a torn labrum on his non-throwing arm, and he also had one of, if not the single worst offensive coordinator in football. They ran all hitches so many times on film. I would have manned up the Chargers and been able to cover them because I literally would have just stood there. On top of all that, he threw for 25 touchdowns and 4,800 yards and still made highlight reel throws every single week. Justin Herbert's my number four. Number three, I have the best arm talent in the NFL, and I'm not sure you would disagree with me. Maybe you would. But in terms of the long ball, no one does it like Josh Allen. I mean, he is absolutely incredible. Turnovers are a very, very big issue for Josh Allen. He had something like 27 total turnovers this year. And I don't know I don't know enough about the Bills' offensive line to blame it on their offensive line or not. Probably not. Either way, 27 turnovers is pretty wild. He's a guy who consistently goes over 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. And he can run when he needs to, which I think is an incredible uh, asset to have. My number three, I have Joe Burrow. He's the best pre-snap quarterback in the NFL, and it's not close. His deep ball accuracy is hugely helped by Jamar Chase. It's not as good as it looks. But it's better than it was. He has great weapons, which helps him look better. But he uses them well. He's extremely accurate. He moves in the pocket well when there is a pocket. He just needs an O-line, but even without one, phenomenal year and more to come. I have Jalen Hurts at my number two. I think he's an incredible quarterback who is going to be a great leader for years to come. At my number two, I have Josh Allen. He's the second best athlete out of any of these top quarterbacks. He's not as good as Joe Burrow pre-snap but I give him almost every other category to Josh Allen. He was his team's run game and passing game. He did not adjust well to the new offensive scheme, but sometimes it does take time after losing a guy like Brian Dable, who was so phenomenal. I don't want to play this guy. You put him in Jalen Hurts in a Jalen Hurts-type situation with a lot more RPOs, a lot more short passes, you'll get 2021 playoff and 2022 weeks one through three Josh Allen which is almost as scary as QB1, and nobody else has that ceiling. That is, like, literally, I would hate playing. Remember the Patriots where he scored a touchdown every single drive? Yes. You remember the week one game this year where he looked like the best quarterback we've ever seen play? That's the Josh Allen ceiling. And which means at number one, we obviously both have Patrick Mahomes. He's a guy who consistently goes over 5,000 yards. I don't know if since he's been starting, he hasn't thrown over 5,000 yards. I don't know that off the top of my head either. But I would be surprised if he has because, I mean, it's just in the news everywhere. Every single year, he's over 5,000, over 40 touchdowns. The most impressive quarterback I've seen in so long, and I hate to say it because at first I thought he was overhyped, but it's pretty undeniable with two Super Bowls and a few MVPs at 27 years old. At my number one, I also have Patrick Mahomes. He can make any off-platform throw, the most unique game out of any quarterback in the league, just an all-around specimen. Two-time Super Bowl winner, most talented quarterback of all time. I'm not saying he's the GOAT. Debate for another day. But he's the best talent QB we've ever seen play. 
So that's all for our quarterback rankings. Thank you for listening to OSFB, Outside Source Football, on 101.7 Radio, Free Hillsdale.